Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 12 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. And I'm back, back in the New York groove. I'm back, and I am certainly back. I took a few days off, a nice long weekend to hang out with my family to signify the start of summer. Being from New Jersey, Memorial Day weekend always signified the start of summer. Northern Jersey, especially, you know, everyone got in their cars and headed down to the Jersey Shore for the weekend. But the first thing we must always do on Memorial Day weekend is remember those who sacrificed their lives so we could enjoy weekends like we just had. So for all those fallen soldiers, thank you. I appreciate it. For all you family members of fallen soldiers, thank you. I appreciate it. And to all those sacrificing currently in the armed forces, thank you so much. This episode I have been thinking about all weekend long. And the reason I've been thinking about it all weekend long, teams have really been ramping up their OTAs, their practices. Okay, Now, these aren't the most important practices, but we get really good information from these OTAs. What kind of information do we get from these OTAs? Well, we can see what kind of offense is being implemented for each and every team. For example, we could see if they're going to start three wides, two tight ends, fullback. There's a hint. There is a, a team that didn't implement a fullback at all last year that will be implementing a fullback a lot in the year 2022. So that's very important because if they have a fullback on the field, that means somebody else is coming off the field. And that usually means one of the, the, the slot receiver. So there's usually two receivers and the fullbacks on the field. So we'll get to all that eventually. As always, I start my shows off with the questions on my Twitter. My Twitter had a great following. I got into about 60 followers this weekend. So if you are just listening to my, your first podcast, welcome to the commish community. I appreciate you guys being here. But I start every episode off with the questions that I ask on my Twitter. I review the answers and I kind of break it down from there. If you haven't already, make sure you're following my Twitter at JP Sticko so you can answer these questions Ask me questions. I can't help you unless I know how to help. So the question that I asked on my Twitter this weekend was, you're on the clock. Which wide receiver are you taking in a PPR league, full point PPR league? Your choices were Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and then the last choice could have been other. So, before I get in down to the numbers and break down, you know, what my voters or uh, my followers voted for, in 2021, the PPR list is as follows from first to fifth. Cooper Cup, Adams, Samuel, Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Again, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuels, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Obviously, we know the type of season Cooper Cup had last year. He was an absolute machine. It was one of the greatest seasons that a receiver has ever had, not just in fantasy football, but in real life. But what people aren't really realizing, and they need to start realizing, is that Cooper Cup had 16 touchdowns last year. 
16 touchdowns. This is something that has only happened in the NFL six times since 2007. So since 2007, there's only been six players that have scored 16 or more touchdowns in a season. What does that mean for the year 2022? Well, if you're saying that he's going to regress, you're absolutely right. There is no way that he's going to replicate the production that he had in 2021. It's almost near impossible to reproduce simply what is, for many people, one of the greatest wide receiver years of all time. Going back in history, five receivers have caught at least 16 touchdowns. And do you know what they average the year after? 6.6 touchdowns. So that means the five receivers that had 16 touchdowns or more in a season came back the next year and only caught six and a half on average touchdowns. So six, let's round it up, seven touchdowns. Going from 16 touchdowns to seven touchdowns is a huge gap. There was only two wide receivers in NFL history that were able to haul in or score double-digit touchdowns after scoring at least 16 touchdowns a year before through the year. And those two receivers are one of the best ever in Randy Moss and one of the best players currently, Devontae Adams. So to say that Cooper Cup's going to replicate what he did last year is absolutely wrong. So let's just remember that when we're getting into our drafts. Again, I'm going to give you the numbers of the question in a second. The next guy on the list was Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase's rookie season was absurd. He was wide receiver five in fantasy points per game last year in 2021. However, what kind of worries me just a little bit is Jamar Chase's home run hitting ability. Now, people may say, how can a home run hitting ability scare you? Well, I kind of want to look at his numbers per yards per reception. Jamar Chase's numbers yards per reception last year was 18, and that ranked second in the NFL behind Debo Samuel. I kind of get nervous in that because that's kind of also, like Cooper Cup, hard to replicate. Because if he's not catching the deep ball here, yards per reception and 18 yards, he's not really, he's not going to give you the same points as he did last year. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll tell you right now where I have Jamar Chase, but I'm giving you some of the negatives for all of these players. And for me, when I looked at Jamar Chase, not only is he was he a rookie last year, Defense weren't really sure how to cover him. He was kind of uncoverable at times because he was that good and explosive. But that 18 yards per reception ranks second best in the NFL behind only Debo Samuel. So what I mean by that is he's explosive, yes. But if defenses can find ways to limit his explosion. So, for example, if that 18 yards per reception goes down to, let's just say, 10, right? That's an eight-yard difference per catch over a span of a season. That's a lot of points. Okay? So let's just keep that in mind. Jamar Chase, absolute monster. I'll get you his rankings in a second. Next on the list is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson in 2021 finished wide receiver four with 19.5 PPR points per reception in a PPR league per game. 19 points. Justin Jefferson, simply to me, is a definition of consistency. 
What do I mean by that? This guy is only 22 years old, but week in at week and week out, he finishes in the top 20 in wide receivers. 13 out of the 17 games last year, he finished with the third highest target share at 27% for his team. Guys, PPR especially, look at target share. I can't not tell you enough. Target share is so important in PPR because if you're not getting the opportunities to catch the ball, you ain't catching the ball. So stop looking at just the receptions. You need to look at targets and target share because there's a lot of things that can happen in football. Tip balls. Quarterback just doesn't have it one game. Quarterback and receiver's connection just isn't there yet. It needs another year. It needs another offseason. But if the quarterback is looking at the receiver and throwing to the receiver, majority of the time when they drop back the pass, those are the guys that I want because eventually I'm banking on those passes landing in the hands of that receiver and those receptions per game go up because of the target share, because of the targets per game. Keep that in mind when you're drafting, especially the younger players heading into years two and three. That's why you always see the biggest the leap in year three is they're more comfortable in the system. They're more comfortable with the, with the quarterback. The quarterback has more faith in the receiver. The passes that were just off the tips of the fingers of the receivers are now thrown right on a dart, right in his hands. Target share. Look at target share. So Justin Jefferson, to me, is a symbol of consistency, a downfall for him is like in Cooper Cup's example and also in Jamar Chase's example is the ADP for these players have jumped through the roof, right? Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen were interchangeable a few years back, his rookie year and even his second year. Now Adam Thielen has dropped all the way down and Justin Jefferson has leapt all the way up in PPR leagues. Jamar Chase was a rookie last year, was very low drafted in the late rounds. Cooper Cup was around the sixth and seventh round last year, and now he's going first overall in wide receivers. But the one thing that scares me about Jefferson is Adam Thielen, because if Adam Thielen gets back to being a healthy Adam Thielen, he will demand more targets. He will demand more targets per game, which means the target share I was just messaging, um, uh, saying to you guys, messaging to you, will go down for Justin Jefferson. However, Consistency is key, and I am confident that Justin Jefferson will have a monster season this year. So let's go down to the numbers. Again, you're on the clock. Wide receiver, who you taking? PPR, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, or other. The numbers break down like this. I had over 70, 80 votes. Other is the lowest with 0%. Not too shocking. Whenever you see the word other, no one really thinks of anybody else. I mean... There could be an argument for Devontae Adams here, right? Devontae Adams is the best, has been the best receiver in the league for years and years. However, I get it. He's not with Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's with David Carr. He's got other weapons. He's got Renfro. He's got Waller to contend with target share again, target share. So I get why other wasn't voted on. The next on the list. The third guy in third place, people said Justin Jefferson with 27%. Number two, Jamar Chase with 29%. And number one, the one person that everybody wants is almost at 50% at Cooper Cup with 43%. This, this to me was not just shocking, but eye-opening in terms of my rankings are flipped with this, with this vote system. I have Justin Jefferson as my top receiver. 
I have Jamar Chase as my number two receiver, and then I have Cooper Cup as my third receiver. I just don't like where I would have to draft Cooper Cup in hopes that he can come close to replicating what he did last year with Allen Robinson now in the fold and Cam Akers coming back from injury and teams now understanding that Cooper Cup's going to be the target of that offense. Now, do I think Cooper Cup's going to be a great player this year? I do, but I don't like him where he's getting drafted. Some people are drafting him in like top three, top four, top five. Give me running backs in those slots all day long. And also give me Justin Jefferson over all three of those guys because of consistency. Jamar Chase is a great pick. That's why he's on my number two. And I, I'm not going to complain if I have any one of these guys, but I just like Justin Jefferson's consistency. He's not coming into his sophomore year where players tend to have sophomore slumps. Do I think Jamar Chase could have a sophomore slump? Absolutely not. But again, that 18 yards per reception is a little bit scary because teams may realize the only way to beat the Bengals is to slow down Chase. You, got, you can't stop Chase, but you can slow him down by keeping him in front of you. Catch the ball and tackle him. Don't let him catch the ball and get loose. Play a little bit softer coverage so he has to catch the ball underneath you and not over the top of you. That's how defenses are going to have to play Jamar Chase. If not, then the Bengals are going to be in the Super Bowl again. I don't think they will be, but if they if that happens and Jamar Chase averages 18 or more uh, yards per reception again, it's trouble for the rest of the NFL. But again, I like Justin Jefferson's consistency. Give me Justin Jefferson as my number one wide receiver in PPR this year. All right, so... Now that I got through the questions, it's now time to rock and roll and talk a little bit about what I'm seeing in OTAs. Been talking to some of the experts, some of the guys behind the scenes, also seeing some things in the news. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get rolling. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal it's only $5.99. I'll see you there. Heading into the offseason this year, every single fantasy expert and every single football fan was on the Javante Williams bandwagon. Gordon is going to leave. Javante Williams is going to be the man. Not so fast. Not so fast. Gordon returns to the Denver Broncos this year and is just an absolute thorn in the tail side of Javante Williams. He takes away his carries. He literally split almost 50-50 last year. And for me, totally kills Javante Williams' is, 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 is draft stock in fantasy football. Not only that, Javante Williams was quoted this week saying, the way that we were last year, I think that will be the same way this year. Everything will be good, and we're just trying to win games. Now, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, if I'm in a Denver Broncos front office, I'm in the Denver Broncos locker room, this is exactly what I want to hear. 
one of my star players being so unselfish to the point of saying, hey, listen, I, I know I can probably do have an, an amazing Pro Bowl type season, which he still may, but I have an amazing top five fantasy football season, a top five real life season. But I'm going to take a step back because I'm more concerned about helping my team win than I am my personal accomplishments. Because by splitting carries with Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams was not going to have great numbers in terms of top five fantasy football running back numbers. But he's going to be certainly a lot healthier for the majority of the season because he's taking only half of the reps that he may be taking if Melvin Gordon did not resign with the Denver Broncos. So looking back at scoring from last year, both Williams and Melvin Gordon scored around average about 12 fantasy points a game. However, according to their ADP, I am absolutely staying away from Javante Williams. Because if this trend continues, Javante Williams in like top 10, top 12 spot for running backs is an absolute bust. If he's giving you 12 points and you drafted him eh, top 10, something like that, second round, third round, and overall redraft leagues, it's a bust. You need more than that. But if this trend continues and Melvin Gordon continues to drop in his ADP, that's the money. That's the steal. So if you're sitting there, right, and Melvin Gordon keeps dropping and dropping and dropping in your league, it may not be a bad idea to take a stab at him. Because if what uh, Williams is, Javante Williams is saying is true, then Melvin Gordon averaging 12 points while splitting carries with Javante Williams is a steal late in redraft leagues. Think about that. Every all, all the news is Javante Williams, Javante Williams, Javante, while Melvin Gordon's sitting there with an ADP that's well, about 20 to 25 slots below Javante Williams' spot, but they average the same amount of points. Do I think Javante Williams deserves to get the ball 100,000% of the time? A million percent. There's no doubt about it. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's the running back there. But the Denver, Bronco, Denver Broncos made it a point to make sure that they brought Melvin Gordon back because I think they really like the rotation. They like to keep Javante Williams fresh so he can break off those long runs at the end of the game when the defenses are worn down. So the question begs is, is Javante Williams saying just the right thing here, meaning, oh, I'm all for the team. Let's have the team win. I don't care about my stats, blah, 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 blah. Or is he telling the truth? Is this really what the approach is going to be? The same as last year, 50-50 split. Only time will tell. I currently have Javante Williams five slots lower than his current ADP. But with that being said, my eyes are glued on training camp in Denver. What is this backfield going to look like? Because they're going to be explosive offensively. Russell Wilson brings a whole new dynamic to that offense. But if Javante Williams splits carries like he did last year with Melvin Gordon, I want nothing to do with him. His ADP is just too high. Again, listen to my episodes last week. Value, value, value. 
I'm possibly eyeing Melvin Gordon if news comes out that the Denver Broncos offense in terms of, of terms of carries is looking exactly like it did last year. Because if Melvin Gordon drops late in my draft, I'm going to take him. Keep your eye on the Denver Broncos training camp. We're going to ground and pound them to the ground. We're going to pound them to defeat. Running an offense with a fullback, to me, means you are going to run and run and run and run. It's an old school offense. An offense that I actually enjoy watching compared to these spread ones that are just extreme air, air raid offenses. The fullback brings a different dynamic to a football game. It's old school. It's in the mud. It's dirty. I'll run right behind you. Knock that guy down. Coming right behind you. Straight ahead. Take his head off. That type of that type of the NFL. Ray Lewis tough NFL. Mike Allstock type NFL. So, what offense in the year 2022-2023 is implementing a fullback for the first time in years? They didn't have one last year, but this year, things are changing. A new head coach brings new philosophy. A new head coach brings a new set of eyes. This new head coach is Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins are going to be running a fullback on offense in 2022-2023 NFL season. So what does that mean? It means a lot. Because if the Dolphins run a fullback offense, that means Waddle and Tyreek Hill are really the only receivers that you need to worry about on Miami Dolphins. Gazicki, obviously a tight end. But the running backs become extremely important. Now, I'm not touching any of them. There's just way too many in Miami. If you haven't, you want the whole list and breakdown, there's a million and ten running backs on Miami this year. Look them up. I'm not going to name them all. It gives me a headache. But it also scares me away of Waddle and Hill just a little bit. Targets, target share, throwing chances. What this tells me is this. Screens, yes. Play action, bingo. We will see screens to Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But I think the main component of this offense is the pound, 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 pound play action. Roll out to a lefty. Roll out to the left. Post pattern, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs, money ball. Play action, keep the safeties where they are. Keep them flat-footed. That's what play action does. Safeties have to sit, have to wait. Does running back have the ball? No. Oh, wait, look, Tyreek's behind me. Bang. That helps Tua a whole lot if his whole arm strength thing is true, that he doesn't have much arm strength. Because if the safety sits just for an extra second, he doesn't have to throw it as far because Tyreek's already going to be behind him earlier. So, for example, in a non-play action play and just a drop back, play the first step of the safety is back so that means if he's lined up at 12 to 15 or so yards his first steps back he's already at 20 25 yards but on a play action he's got to pound his feet that's what they call it you pound your feet read the run read the pass Uh uh-oh play action then you take your first step by that time the speed demons on the outside of Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill 
are way behind you already. Well, they're supposed to be at least. Unless the corners do a good job of jamming you at the line and slowing you down. But that's the game plan in Miami, folks. That's it. He released it by saying one thing. Fullback. McDaniel's offense is fullback heavy. Now, that also means Tyreek Hill could line up in the backfield. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not in a Debo Samuel role. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's going to be a run, heavy, heavy run first offense with a play-action screen type game off of that. So please remember that when you're drafting a Miami Dolphins player. Now, I'm not saying Waddle's going to be bad. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill's going to be bad or they're even bad picks. But it's something to consider because if they're running majority of the time, that means they ain't passing. But if they can run it well enough, it keeps the safeties honest. Therefore, play action will be king. Two running backs that we really need to keep our eye on here late. They're going really, really, really late. Okay, their ADPs are really low. One a little bit higher than the other. For good reason, and I mentioned him in my last episode, but news keeps breaking about Tony Pollard. I said last week, I even posted on my Twitter last week, that in the beginning of OTAs, first day of OTAs, they were in a lot of 20 packages, meaning Pollard and Zeke. But as practice went on, Pollard was playing a lot of receiver. Pollard was playing a lot of slot. They're looking to get Pollard the ball, folks, this year. They're looking to get Pollard involved this year, whether in the run game or the pass game. I think they believe Zeke is healthy enough to carry the load in the backfield, thus allowing Pollard to play a little bit more slot receiver in this offense. That is huge news in PPR, people. You need to keep your eye on that. You need to understand. You need to remember Tony Pollard could be playing a lot of slot receiver. Cooper is no longer in Dallas. CeeDee Lamb is the man, and I know he's going to have a great year. I'm very high on CeeDee Lamb, but besides Schultz, and I guess you could say Gallup, who is hurt currently, and Washington, who they got from Pittsburgh, who I don't think is very good. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. Like I always say, I'm never going to bash an NFL player in terms of being good or bad, but in terms of fantasy football stud, Washington's not one. Great athlete, but not a fantasy football stud. Tony Pollard, on the other hand, has the ability to be explosive, and Dallas knows it. So when I look at that Dallas pass, that Dallas passing game, pecking order goes CeeDee Lamb, Schultz, Pollard. Think about that. A running back that could be in a lot as a receiver is a huge advantage of PPR. Flex position two. Running back position, flex position. Tony Pollard is an absolute steal late in the draft this year, middle of the draft even in redrafts. Because what happens if this whole thing doesn't pan out? What happens if he doesn't play much wide receiver? Well, there's still the chance that Zeke is washed or Zeke gets hurt again. Tony Pollard steps right in. So you're not really wasting a pick on Tony Pollard. You really are, though, banking on having him having a really high ceiling if he plays wide receiver. So keep Tony Pollard in mind. I mentioned it last week. I'm going to mention it again this week because more and more news is coming out. Wide receiver, PPR, in a running back slot position for your fantasy football team. Next up is my man, Naheem Hines from the Colts. Frank Wright came out, and I quote, if I was a fantasy manager, I'd consider drafting Naheem Hines. 
Why? I asked myself, Frank. Hey, Frank. Hey, how you doing, Frank? What are you, what are you trying to me? What are you telling me to do here? Huh? Frankie boy. Huh? Well, I'll tell you his reasoning behind all that. I don't think he's just blowing smoke. I really, really don't. Because he said it during OTAs. The connection and the, when you get your eyes on your new quarterback and see what he really can and cannot do instead of just watching film, but you get your hands on him and being a quarterback coach himself, he knows Matt Ryan's skill set now. He's, he's seen it. He's implementing it now, right now in OTAs. Matt Ryan peppers his running back. And Matt Ryan may have to pepper his running back. Think about the weapons. I love Pittman. I don't have to say it again. Pittman's going to fall in top 10. He's my top 10 guy. He's, one of, he's the guy that you know I'm putting my chips in this year and saying that he's going to – people have him outside top 10, have him at 15, 16, 17, 18. I think he falls into the top 10 in PPR if he could stay healthy because of Matt Ryan. But who else do they have? Alec Pierce is a rookie. They just drafted. I'm pretty high on him, but very late in the draft, obviously. Mo Ali Cox, is he any good? Eh, right? Eh. So who else? Naheem Hines. That's who else. Frank Reich knows it. He sees it. Jonathan Taylor, they don't want to wear him down so early in the year. Yeah, he's going to get his share. Yeah, he's going to finish in top three and running back if he stays healthy. Uh, he's not at my number one, though. That's a little hint. He is not as my number one running back, Jonathan Taylor. Hint, hint. But Hines is going to get involved in the running game to give Taylor a break, but also because he complements the quarterback skill set. He Hines is going to play a lot of third down. Maybe a little bit in the slot because of what other receivers do they have. So keep your eyes. I'm talking, re he's falling all the way to the tail end of a, re of a redraft league, sometimes not even drafted at all. Remember that name, Naheem Hines. Keep your eyes on training camp and preseason, especially on third downs. Before we wrap up this episode, I got to get something off my chest, okay? News just broke that Najee Harris has come into OTAs weighing 244 pounds. And I'm seeing people comment under the post, um, this is a whole nother Eddie Lacy. He's too fat. He's too so come up. Do you guys know anything at all about football at all? Do you guys know anything about the size of Najee Harris? Do you guys know that Najee Harris is six two? Did you guys know that Derrick Henry's six three and weighs 250 pounds? Do you also know that you lose 10 to 20 pounds in training camp alone? Guys, he's a second-year football player. He's getting his diet together. He's got his off-season training together. He realized that he lost too much weight from week one to week 17 last year. He needed to gain some more weight earlier in the season, put on some more muscle mass, so then he has more to lose as the year progresses. Come on. We're better than this. We're better than that. First of all, Eddie Lacy is a better athlete than anybody else on Twitter that doesn't have a little check mark next to the name and said that they played in the NFL. Okay, so stop bashing NFL players. I hate it. It's one of my biggest, cut it out, all right? But what I want to say is Najee Harris is 6'2", 244. Probably in the best shape of his life. 
Don't call him Eddie Lacy. Because again, he may be modeling his diet and his workouts to Derrick Henry. We don't know. But I'm trusting Najee Harris, especially as a workhorse. He knows he needs to put the weight on because he's going to pound the ball a lot again this year. Okay? Working out, gaining the weight in order not to break down is a key for any running back that runs the way that Najee Harris does and gets the volume that Najee Harris gets. So enough of this Eddie Lacy stuff, okay? Jeez, you got me sweating over here, okay? Don't bash my guy, Najee. You're better than that. Anyway, that is going to be the end of episode 12. This has been an electric episode. I had a nice weekend off to recharge the batteries, get ready for the OTAs. Super excited to announce that in about two to three weeks, hopefully that our website will be up and running. We're going to be doing a live mock draft on YouTube. We got big things coming. So make sure you are subscribing to this podcast, liking this podcast, commenting, downloading. But then it's also very important for you to follow me on Twitter, at JPSticko. As always, my friends, I will see you again in a few days. Peace, love, and fantasy football.